You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about ISIL. What is it? Who's funding it? What's behind it? There's many questions. We get all kinds of information, disinformation. We're going to talk about two articles, one from The Guardian and one from The Daily Beast. The one from The Daily Beast is entitled, America's Allies are Funding ISIS by a Josh Rogan. And the other one from The Guardian is entitled, Now the Truth Emerges, How the U.S. Fueled the Rise of ISIS in Syria and Iraq by Sumas Milne. The article by Josh Rogan was published on June 14th of last year, so it's a year old. And uh, this article in The Guardian was published on the uh, 3rd of June this year, 2015. But the Guardian article is particularly telling. And uh, to, to back up here, I'm reminded of the cartoon character Pogo. Most of our listeners are probably too young to even remember that. But it was in the comic strips, and Pogo was made famous with his saying, we have met the enemy, and he is us. And so much of what we're seeing in our enemies there has been created by what the United States has done in the last 30 years or more, because some of this goes back over 30 years. But in this article in The Guardian by this Sumas Milne, he starts out, quotes, a war on terror, the campaign without end launched 14 years ago by George Bush is tying itself up in ever more grotesque contortions. On Monday, the trial in London of a Swedish man, Berlin Gildo, accused of terrorism in Syria, collapsed after it became clear British intelligence had been arming the same rebel groups the defendant was charged with supporting. So you've got all this kind of crazy activity going on and supposedly the English were supplying non-lethal assistance, but they also were supplying, according to this article, training, logistical support, secret supply of arms on a massive scale. And uh, another revealing part of this, uh, reports were cited that MI6, that's their intelligence agency in England, had cooperated with the CIA on a, quote, rat line, unquote, of arms transfer from Libyan stockpiles to the Syrian rebels in 2012 after the fall of Gaddafi regime. So you've got all this intrigue and uh, all kinds of weird things, and so you get very confusing facts here, although the, we've talked about this before. The fear of ISIS is becoming palpable, their actions, beheadings, and so forth, and we've talked about their branch of Wahhabism, which is just like the Wahhabism practice in Saudi Arabia. So, Chuck, why don't you uh, give us some of your insights on these articles, comparing, let's, let's compare these two articles, actually, because there's some significant differences. 
Okay, well, uh, yes, there are, and and, and the, the perception that it takes to read today is is great. You have to really think about what you're reading because what looks really good yesterday may not look very good tomorrow as you gain a little bit better insight as to what's really going on. And these authors are all under some sort of pressure. Josh Rogan, of course, writes uh, generally for the mainline press. His primary background in the past has been writing for Bloomberg News. He also writes for a number of other mainline publications. So Josh Rogan's is under the constraints, let's say, that the mainline media that we are brainwashed by all the time places on writers. And so it's interesting to note that in his article, Josh Rogan went a long ways toward telling the truth when he talked about our allies are funding ISIL. And then he went on to give very good evidence of that. But it turns out our allies that he talks about are primarily Kuwait and the Arab Emirates. And uh, he then mentions Saudi Arabia, but he kind of throws them in a little bit gently so as not to give the impression that Saudi Arabia is leading the pack. During the course of his articles, we see that the good guys and the bad guys he plays up are the Sunni sect of Islam and the Shi'i sect of Islam. So you have this constant little tune being played of it's a Sunni-Shi'i battle and war that's going on. This is, contains a lot of elements of truth, but it doesn't really get to the factual stuff about who's actually providing the basic funding for ISIL. More important, why is it being done? And then what does it really have to do with religion? Giving the impression that it's a Sunni-Shi'i battle is kind of like saying World War II was the result of Protestantism versus Catholicism. Because Sunnis and Shi'is are kind of like the Roman Catholics and the Protestants of Christianity. In other words, they really don't fight each other over their religion. They have a significant difference in what they believe but it's primarily a hierarchical thing. And it's really not the basis of the wars that we see in the Middle East. This is a distortion. Simus Milner, on the other hand, writing almost a year later, has come a lot closer, and he's bringing the blame, as Tom said, right back down to Pogo. The enemy really isn't any of these Arabic countries as much as it is that the influence of, in his case, he really proves that Great Britain, the UK, has a lot to do with the funding. And he's clever the way he does it, I think, in that he uses a London court case where a judge and a jury concluded that the UK was funding ISIL. He doesn't just proclaim that, that he believes that. He gives an example of a jury that actually funded it. He also talks about a U.S. intelligence reports that ties the U.S. funding to ISIL, or ISIS, if you prefer. They're both the same. They're different language pronunciations of the same organization. And this U.S. intelligence organization went on to predict that there would be a caliphate would arise in Iraq that would then become the enemy there. And that's what happens. That's part of the story. They're, very, they're both worth reading. I would say the one we recommend is the uh, one from the London Guardian, which I think uh, uh, gets it closer to home and is done a year later. So this is not to discredit Rogan because he was writing a year ago when it was uh, 
pretty hard to find somebody who would point the finger at the Western world countries as being the funders of this thing. There is a, the one extra quote from this article in The Guardian that I think it's worth quoting. Quote, in reality, U.S. and Western policy in the conflagration that is now the Middle East is in the classic mold of imperial divide and rule. American forces bomb one set of rebels while backing another in Syria and mount what are effectively joint military operations with Iran against ISIS in Iraq while supporting Saudi Arabia's military campaign against Iranian-backed Houthi forces in Yemen. However, confused U.S. policy may often be a weak partition Iraq and Syria fit such an approach perfectly, unquote. I'm sure Craig has something to kick in. Well, here's the thing, guys, that I would point out. This actually comes out of uh, Haaretz, Jewish publication, and it cites the UNDOF, I don't know what it stands for, but the uh, UN Observer Force that talks about Israel supplying a medical assistance to the Syrian rebels on the border. I'd like to see the, uh, the UN report on that. But this is where the, the black is white, black, uh, white is black. Who is, who is the enemy? Who is the friend? It gets so convoluted and so confused. I mean, here's Israel giving support to the ISIS fighters, and it's like, well, what's wrong with this picture? And so that's where there's more questions than our answers with this. Very good point, Craig. And I would comment that both of these stories left Israel out of the story. Uh, neither of the authors enter in and put Israel in this. I think this is one of these things that's sort of planned that way. Israel is the ally of the U.S. Israel is every bit, much as much an ally of the U.S. as is Saudi Arabia. The difference is we actually get something from Saudi Arabia. We get oil. We don't get anything from Israel except war. But Israel is kind of being allowed to rest. And uh, no one's much talking about it, probably because Israel is pretty well staying clear of the ISIL uh, war and allowing somebody else to uh, take the lead in, in handling this. But it's a, it's a very good observation that Israel is providing uh, medical aid to ISIL, and that is certainly significant. The last thing we would think they would need would be medical help, would we not? And at the bottom of all this is the U.S. policy that we never can forget of regime change. All of this is about uh, changing the regime in Iraq, getting rid of Saddam Hussein and creating chaos and then dividing up the country and creating more controllable uh, leaders in, in sort of regions. The same is true in Syria. Essentially, nobody's made bones about it. The object is to get rid of Dr. Assad. And... Uh, of course, in Iran, the uh, reason for the continuous war effort in our United States Congress is that who do we want to get rid of there? We want to get rid of the religious leadership of the uh, Iranian people who managed to get along pretty well in spite of being under sanctions and all kinds of things. But at the bottom of all this is the U.S. policy is regime change and war for its own economic benefits to those who uh, do benefit and prosper from war. All right. Well, thanks, Chuck and Craig, for that report. And ladies and gentlemen, I guess what we should ask of you is when you look at these news sources, think about what they're saying, compare, and see if it makes sense. Because what we're getting in the U.S. is a, a big case of 
fear building, creating another enemy to justify going to war. And we want to avoid that at all possible costs. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.